John, the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Hear now the word of our Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. So the trouble with preaching on Easter is that every year you have to tell the same story and you've got to find something a little bit different to say. And even though uh, each of the uh, Gospels tells the story uh, slightly differently, it, it can be tough, you know, year after year, finding something new to say, finding a, a, a new spin. But this year, as I read the passage from John, a phrase leapt out at me. It was still dark out. It was the first day of the week. And it was still dark out. The sun had not yet risen. The world was bathed in shadow. See, it was still dark out, and Mary the Magdalene was heartbroken. We know two things about Mary. We know that she uh, was from a town called Magdala on the Sea of Galilee, a small fishing village. And so she was with Jesus from the very beginning. We also know that at some point she had seven demons. Now, uh, some scholars say that the, uh, the purpose of saying that she has seven demons is that seven is a number of completeness. And the gospel writer wants us to know that, that, that she was completely possessed, that there was not a glimmer of her old personality behind the seven demons. Other scholars say that, uh, that, that what we're being told here is that uh, it wasn't just a, a simple recovery, that it took seven exorcisms for her to finally be free of her ailment. What we know is that Jesus was the one 
who walked beside her. What we know is that, 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 that throughout her two steps forward and one step back and two step forward and one step back, throughout that long process, Jesus was the one healing her and guiding her and walking beside her, showing her a love and mercy that she had never known. And now Jesus is gone. It was still dark out, and Mary was heartbroken. It was still dark out, and Peter was ashamed. See, Peter was the one uh, uh, that that, that told Jesus, I will go with you wherever you go. I, I, I will follow you even to death. Peter, who alone of all the disciples had the faith to walk out of the boat, and, to, and at least for a couple of steps, to walk on the water. His faith would carry his feet over the roaring waves, but his faith wouldn't get him through that night. Before the rooster crowed, he denied his Lord three times, and he would give all of the money in his pocket to have Jesus before him, to beg for his forgiveness. There's so much left unsaid, and Jesus is gone. See, it was still dark out, and Peter was ashamed. It was still dark out, and John was lost. John, who wrote this gospel, uh, never refers to himself as John in the gospel. He always uses the phrase, the beloved disciple. I'm sure the other disciples loved that. John, tradition tells us, was the youngest of the disciples. And so to John, Jesus was less a friend and more like a father figure. A source of guidance. Jesus was John's true north. his moral compass. And now he finds himself rudderless on a sea of troubles. See, it was still dark out, and John was lost. It's Easter Sunday. Finally, the clouds have parted and the sun is out. And yet, It's still dark out, isn't it? When you look out your window, you see darkness. I'm not just talking about the the window, that pane of glass that, 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 that shows you what's in your front yard. What about that other pane of glass that's in your living room that we gather around uh, to watch the evening news, if that's even still a thing? What about that piece of glass you carry in your pocket and you scroll through your feed to see what's going on in the world? Shootings in Nashville. People left by a tornado without homes. Politicians at each other's throats. It's still dark out. And yet, and yet we are the people who believe 
And yet it's Easter Sunday and we've come to, to celebrate the risen Christ. Even when by all appearances, it's still dark out. We live in a world that still feels heartbroken, doesn't it? Where people still grieve. People are still uncertain about what lies beyond the veil of death. And people have trouble coping with the sorrow they see around them. We still live in a world where shame is ever present. Maybe you feel like people these days aren't ashamed enough, but let me tell you this. This generation has the highest rate of suicide of any generation before them. Suicide, mental illness, shame is real and is crippling our children. We live in a world that is giving up on God and as a result, people feel lost. Like there's no hope in the world. The poet Matthew Arnold uh, famously stood uh, uh, on a balcony overlooking the Dover Beach in Scotland during World War I. And he looked, as he looked out over the beach, he saw in the distance the, the, these lights from the gunfire and heard the distant booms. And in a world without God, he tried to make sense of it all. He said, Ah, love. Let us be true to one another. For this world which seems to lie before us like a land of dreams so various, so beautiful, so new, hath neither really joy, nor love, nor light, nor certitude, nor help from pain. We are here as on a darkling plain, swept with confused alarms of struggle and flight, where ignorant armies clash by night. It's Easter. The sun has risen, and yet a world still longs for love, forgiveness, and guidance. It's still dark out. My wife and I have been trying to educate the kids. When the pandemic started, we started this tradition of um, every week we take turns in the house picking a movie. And whoever picks the movie, uh, uh, everyone else has to watch the movie no matter what it is. And so when my wife and I's turn come around, we try and pick some, some, some movies that, uh, that the kids need to see, classics. And, uh, and a couple of weeks ago, we watched a classic, Forrest Gump. And it had been ages since I'd seen Forrest Gump. And, uh, and we were watching it, and there was this scene that I have forgotten about in Forrest Gump. Uh, it takes place on New Year's Eve. See, uh, Forrest has just reconnected uh, with his captain when he was in the Army, Lieutenant Dan. And when, uh, when Forrest Gump was in Vietnam, uh, Lieutenant, Dan, uh, uh, Lieutenant Dan was, uh, was sure of himself. Um, he was self-possessed. He always uh, knew what to say and what to do. But since returning home, he had lost his legs, and now he was rudderless. 
he wasn't so sure what to say anymore, and he wasn't so sure what to do anymore. His whole life's purpose until that moment had been to be in the army. And now that he was home, he didn't know what his purpose in the world was. And people around him were encouraging him to find purpose in religion. So on that night on New Year's Eve, Lieutenant Dan looks at Forrest and he says, Forrest, have you found Jesus? And Forrest looks back at Lieutenant Dan and says, I didn't know we were supposed to be looking for him. And I think that describes so many people. There's something missing in their lives. They know they're looking for something, but they don't know they're looking for Jesus. They feel heartbroken, ashamed, lost. They're in need of the transforming love of Jesus Christ, and yet they're stumbling in the dark. Still dark out. In our passage this morning, we see that the disciples are stumbling in the dark looking for Jesus. It starts with Mary. She's, uh, she's gone to the tomb, maybe to pray, maybe... Um, uh, uh, to, 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 to talk to, to Jesus' grave the way people do in movies. She's brought some burial spices to dress up the body. And she gets there and she's alarmed to discover that Jesus is missing. And her first thought, someone's stolen the body. Someone's playing a trick on us. And so in the dark, she runs back to tell the other disciples, someone's taken the body, he's gone. And Peter and John think to themselves, this cannot stand, and so they run to the tomb. And when they get there, they see that, uh, that, 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 that the linen has been neatly folded and, and, and laid in its place. And that the cloth that was over Jesus' head has been folded and laid in its place. As if someone had just gotten up and made their bed before they left. Mary didn't know what to make of it. Peter saw only an empty bed. But John, the other disciple whom Jesus loved... He looked at that empty bed and he believed. He believed. See, he had not yet encountered the risen Christ. He had not yet heard his voice. He had not yet uh, 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 felt his wounds and his hands inside. And he believed. Because where others only saw darkness and emptiness. He saw the resurrected Christ with the eyes of faith. And so this Easter Sunday, you and I are called to have the eyes of faith. So John, looking at that bed, sees it with the eyes of faith. 
And when we look at life with the eyes of faith as Christians, then uh, what seems like darkness and emptiness to the world, we find Christ in the midst of. To me, it's like... um, they used to have, when I was a kid, there were these uh, magic eye posters. I think they dig them in magazines and in the paper, too. It was like, you look at it, and it's just all of this squiggly mess, right? And a lot of people just stare at it and stare at it, and all they'll see is the squiggly mess, right? But some people can look at it, and I learned, I learned that if you cross your eyes real quick and then uncross them, then you can kind of see it. And then, and then what happens is that this image pops out, right? Maybe it's a three-dimensional image of a whale or a pegasus or, or, or something like that, right? And with Christians, it's the same way. You know, we, we're looking at, at the exact same scene as everybody else out our front window, right? We're looking at all the mess that everyone else sees, yet in the midst of it, the Christian is able to see the resurrected Christ. The Christian is able to see the hand of God guiding things. The Christian is able to, to see the assurance that Christ is with us even in the midst of the mess. The Christian can look to the world that is still dark out and see that the sun has risen. It takes the eyes of faith, doesn't it? I heard a story about um, a social worker, and uh, it, it was one of those terrible scenes, right? The kid was five years old, and the daddy shot the mommy, and then the daddy killed himself, and a five-year-old witnessed all of it, and the kid knew just enough to call 911, and so the whole time waiting for the police to get there, the kid is just sitting alone in that living room, looking at the mess. The police show up and the social worker shows up. And the social worker winds up adopting the kid. She begins taking him to church. Now this little boy, five years old, his parents had never taken him to church He'd never heard about God or Jesus or, or anything else. And so one of those first Sunday mornings, he's in, the little boy is in church, and, uh, and the Sunday school teacher holds up one of these pictures of Jesus. You know, the white guy with the beard and the long hair and the shaft of light. And the teacher says, do you know who this is? Little boy raises his hand. Says, I don't know his name. That's the man who held me the night my daddy shot my mommy. See, it makes all the difference in the world to see things through the eyes of faith. To know that even in the darkest night that the sun is risen. See, when we look at the world with the eyes of faith and we see the risen Jesus, we can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he lives. And because he lives, we don't have to be lost in this world. 
We don't have to be rudderless. We don't have to be without a compass. Because the resurrected Christ is the good shepherd who leads his children to the good pastures, to the still waters. And yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. Because he lives, we don't have to be ashamed. Because there is pardon for our sins. But not just the forgiveness that comes from the cross, also the power that comes from the resurrection. That we can live as new creations in Christ. That we, we can live a life free of that sin, free of that shame, free of the things that held us back. Because he lives. We don't have to be heartbroken. We can know an everlasting love. Like the kind the Apostle Paul talked about in, in the 8th chapter of Romans when he said, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, we can know that and believe that and trust that and stand on that because he lives. It's still dark out. I'm not going to tell you any different. I read the same news stories you read. I have the same sorrows and troubles that you have. But I also know that when we see with the eyes of faith, Jesus emerges for us through the mess. We can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the sun has risen and that life is worth the living because he lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.